0: and welcome to five compelling questions with sean this is the podcast where we speak with writers about writing um i'm very honored and thrilled to meet my guest today it is carrie meyer how are you doing carrie
1: i'm good how are
0: you thank you so much for having me i'm good i can't believe i'm actually talking to you live because i've been reading your books for so long and admiring them on bookshelves for years and it's you're talking to me That's
1: crazy (laughs) <laughs> oh, thank you so much. It's it's like always really cool when someone has followed me from one of the earlier books to the current one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think probably, hopefully everyone in
0: the country has followed you at least at some point of one of your books. But so for the two people that don't know who you are, the USA Today <laughs> bestselling author of the Paris Bookseller, The Girl in the White in White Gloves, Kennedy debutante, and under the name Carrie Majors, this is, this is not a writing manual. Notes for the younger writer in the real world. She holds an MFA from Columbia University and lives with her daughter and dog in a leafy suburb west of Boston, Massachusetts. So I've, I um, love the Kennedy one. I mean, I liked all of them. They're really good. But the Paris bookseller was, was a huge, a huge favorite. That was such a great book.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, I really was so thrilled that I got to write it. Yeah. But today we're
0: talking about your new book, which is called All You Have to Do is Call. So can you tell us about that? book?
1: Yeah. So, you know, if, especially for readers who have read one or more of my previous novels, this is a real departure. My first three novels, um, Kennedy, Girl in White Gloves and Paris Bookseller were like a subgenre of historical fiction that's often known as biographical fiction. So it's about real women um, who were once with us. Um, but all you have to do is call is still historical, but it is the characters are entirely fictional. So there's not a, a biographical element to it. It takes the real life story of the jane collective who was a group of women in chicago in the late 60s and early 70s who um were in underground women's health clinic and started as a referral service for illegal abortions who ultimately took over the whole process and learned to give the abortions themselves so it was an entirely female woman to woman um uh abortion service and uh so, and the, you know, the other way in which it's a departure from the previous novels is that instead of one uh, point of view character, I'm writing from the points of view of three characters in this novel and braiding them together throughout the novel.
0: Yeah, it's very, very powerful um, book. Um, the theme, the writing is beautiful as usual, but the, it's just very compelling and it's also topical um, uh, from all time. I'm I'm a child of the early '70s, and you know, I remember my mom was the mar- marching and doing all the things back then. And it was sort of like when I was a young young girl, I was like, oh, we we got we got that old stuff done. That's done, you know. So now it's, all, it's all like, oh, you have to keep you have to keep yes. fighting for your rights. You have to keep getting your rights, you know, they, they can just suddenly be taken away. So yes. Very, it makes so much sense. Um I wanted to know from you uh what inspired you to write this particular story. Like what was the first impetus for you? Like I need to put this down on paper, um, that inspirational moment.
1: Yeah. So I know it's, it's funny. I mean, books that are quote topical have actually been in the works for years. And so it's a, it's really an accident that the book is coming out now um, in this particular historical moment. Cause I actually had the original idea for it in 2018. I was uh, the Kennedy debutante was about to come out, hadn't even come out yet. I was on my way to meet a friend for a movie. I was listening to NPR as I usually do. And they did one of their terrific narrative news stories about the women of Jane. And I just kept listening and going, oh my God, oh my God. Oh oh my gosh. (laughs) Really? They really did that? So, I mean, you know, so I learned in this like, you know, five to 10 minute news story about this young group of young women in Chicago who, who, exactly as we just described, learned to give these abortions pre-ro, and I just I like as soon as I stopped my car, I looked it up to see if anyone had written about them, and in novel form, and it didn't look like anybody had, um, and and so I really like I got it. That was. I knew I had to do it, I just, I wanted so badly to do it. And it was was quite a journey though, from that point to this book actually coming out. Um, You know, at that point, again, the Kennedy debutante hadn't even come out yet. I I was in the process of writing my second novel about Grace Kelly. Um, And when it came time, sort of in the editing process for Grace Kelly, when it came time for my agent to kind of talk to my editor about my next book ideas, she floated two ideas one was the paris bookseller and the other one was we were calling it the jane novel <laughs> and the publisher was like oh yes to paris bookseller and we're not sure about this jane idea but that was you know early in 2019 um and so so in 2020 after i was finished writing the paris bookseller and we were talking about what the fourth book was going to be about we repitched The Jane novel and got the green light. Um, and, but you know, it's, and then of course, as I'm writing it and revising it, Dobbs happens and the Berkeley is my publisher was always behind the book, but boy, did they get behind it after Dobbs, you know, like Dobbs really brought out the righteous feminist in everybody. Um, so I think, um, yeah it's just you know i'm really i'm really I've been really amazed and and grateful at how how behind the book they are,
0: yeah, and it feels like the universe directed it to happen that way it's like you had a delay basically because they were like, let's put this other book first and then a happy accident that it came out exactly what it needs to come out, you know it really needs to be talked about. these things need to be discussed openly,
1: um, yeah, that's a good
0: way of putting it, that's a good way of putting it, yeah yeah. Well, I always I, I listen to the universe when it's talking to me, so I, but I think that's it. I think everything happens for a reason, usually.
1: I agree 100%. I think you can't be a writer without being somewhat woo-woo. Yeah. Yeah, really? you got to tap into that. that
0: well, where do right. the, these lightning bolt ideas and inspirations in your car come from? I mean, they come from somewhere. <laughs> come from, that's come from correct. Above. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, and Then they come to the pers- perfect person to tell the story, which was you. Um female you're a woman you have it in your bio you have a daughter you're you know we're, we're all women here uh female friendships and women helping women um i love that whole theme in the book i'd be like i love that in the universe but i love that in the book do you have um personal experiences friendships things like that that helped you relate to what these women possibly might have been going through back in uh back in the day
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I have, I dedicated the Paris bookseller to mes amis, (laughs) near near and far and uh, old and new. I have been blessed in my life to have had and still have amazing um, friends and largely, largely female friends. Um, And I really, you know, I have some of my oldest friends. I moved around a couple of times as a kid. So some of my strongest friendships are from sort of middle school and high school and then through college. And I'm still good friends with those women. And you know, and I don't live near any of them anymore. A lot. I grew up in California. I went to college in California, so a lot of them are still out there. And I'm in Massachusetts now. But you know, at every stage of my life, I've always had a few really good friends, and um, I'm, I'm still close with all of them. And you know, the 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 title for all you have to do is call. Of course, it it's pulled from a Carol King song. Um, but it has many layers of meaning in this novel. And it does, as it does for me, as you know, um, I'm 48 years old. Um, we've had many different ways of calling each other <laughs> mm-hmm. um, landlines. And now sell, You know, we had flip, flip phones and now we have iPhones and Zoom and all the, all the things. And it really is true. I mean, I think that your ride and die friends, all you have to do is call them and they are there for you um, whether it's making time on the phone or getting on a, you know, on an airplane, um, uh, when some, when the shit is really going down, um, that's really been my experience of my friendships. And, and so I, I was happy and and grateful that I got a chance to explore those kinds of dynamics in this novel.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You have to have that core group. I feel like it could just make you, you know, live longer <laughs> and live happier. I just had book club, Last weekend with my bestie from high school. So that's thirty-seven years, uh, and we're still hanging out. And I went to New York for like ten years. and never. We just always were. Yeah, you got to have that core group that will um help you bury a body if you need them. Too. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> but, I mean, and there are real. I can't cite them, but I know I've read like in the New York Times about studies that show the positive impact of friendship on um on a life, and women seem to excel at these types of friendships.
0: Yeah, we did, We bond, and then we hold that bonds and um help each other i think a lot yeah more sometimes but yeah well you are a brilliant historical fiction author as we know um what drew you to history i'm, I'm always fascinated by people that like kind of excel in, in a certain subgenre of history you're just so good at it so why are you why not contemporary why are you so Why are you so good at Do you just love research? I do love
1: research. You know, whenever I tell people, if I meet someone like a party and someone asks me what I do, I say I'm a writer and they say, well, what kind of writing? And I say historical fiction. And it never fails. Like the person's face like lights up and they're like, and and they say, that's my favorite genre. And I, I always say why. And to a person, the answer is the same, which is it's because I get to learn something while I get swept up in a great story. And that's exactly the reason I like to write it. I also get, I enjoy the research as much as I enjoy the writing. So I like the learning part. And then, um, so, okay, we'll put a pin in that. How did I come to get here? It's kind of amazing to me when I really look back at my, you know, schooling and and my l- l- levels and layers of interest throughout the years that I took so long to figure out that I should try writing historical fiction. I started college as a history major. It didn't last very long. I ultimately was an English major, but I minored and would have double majored if I had had time to um, in art history. And what I loved about art history, at least the way it was taught at Berkeley where I was an undergrad, it was taught from a very historical perspective. So you would be looking at uh, like a major 19th century French history painting, right? Like Liberty, Delacroix Liberty Leaving the People, right? And in order to really understand that painting, you had to learn about the, the social, political, historical, and literary moment from which it emerges. And that was what the tests were about and the essays we had to write. And I loved that. I loved that kind of piecing together of different aspects of a historical moment to understand a piece of art. And I feel like that's what I get to do when I'm writing historical fiction. I get to put pieces of the puzzle together in and create this piece of art. That's, that's a novel. So um, it, you know, I, I, I read The Paris Wife as a young mother, um, you know, by Paula McLean, and it didn't occur to me even then that I could do that. I just kind of read it and filed it away under good to know. And then, but here I am now (laughs) doing that.
0: Yeah. It and all, it, it all comes for a purpose. I mean, everything you were interested in and everything we read about, we study it all sort of comes together for one purpose that we just don't, maybe it's not clear yet, but yes. I mean, a lot of writers are into art, and different things and it's just all part of an inspirational vibe, you know, but yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Me too. Me too. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about the characters in, in um, so I've been walking around all morning going, singing Carol King by the way, just did that to ah! me. So it's like so it's an earworm, so I can't stop in my head. But tell us about um, the characters and do you have a favorite one? And if you, do, if you do why, or can you not choose because they're all like your kids?
1: I, yeah, I can't choose really. I mean, I I really, so the, there are three point of view characters. There's Veronica, Patty and Margaret. And Veronica is one of the founders of Jane and um, one of the providers um, on these sort of inner circle of the staff of Jane. Um, she's also a mother um and a wife and she is pregnant over the course of the novel with her own kind of high risk pregnancy and that causes that gives her a lot of very interesting interiority from Mar- from veronica on um, you know being pregnant being a mother while also um being an abortion provider um and and also being trying to be a feminist for her her 7 year old daughter um in this moment historical moment in the early 1970s um, so Patty is a very good friend of Veronica since childhood, Patty's, you know, lifelong dream, which she is living at the start of the novel is to be a housewife and a mother. She's got three children, um, who she loves to death, but her marriage is starting to feel shaky. Um, and, um, she, lost her own mother a number of years ago and her sister um, who's 10 years younger than she is has been missing for several years. So like she really feels a lot, she's feeling a lot of um, grief and loss when the novel opens um, that she will have to face over the course of the novel. And then Margaret, and you know, I'll, one more word about Patty and Veronica. I, I wanted to have a long-term friendship that had gone through many iterations. Um, you know, Patty and Veronica has kind of like been very close at different times and grown apart. And, and then when the novel opens, they're in a moment of having been apart for a while. And it is partly because Patty's, Patty's view on the world is much more conservative. It's much smaller than Veronica's. And Veronica sort of doesn't know Veronica who is running like basically the CEO of an underground <laughs> healthcare clinic is, doesn't really know what to do with Patty. Like, you know, but their, their lifelong friendship is a, as is a bond that can't really be broken. Um, so it's, it was interesting for me to negotiate that dynamic in the course of the novel. The third point of view character is named Margaret. And I, you know, I really wanted to have a character um, who was, was not a parent yet and was uh, more career oriented. So she is a uh, pretty successful tenure track English professor at the University of Chicago um, who falls, um, falls in love, starts dating a man named Gabe, um, who was once married to Siobhan. Siobhan and Veronica founded Jane together. So Siobhan is an important secondary character in this novel, um, but and you kind of get to learn about her marriage to Gabe through Margaret and Gabe's emerging relationship.
0: Yeah, well, they're all, um, it's a very cool balance. It's very fascinating to have all these different um, personalities, and they're so distinct, but then they come together for a common goal, which I really appreciate. And that's a very skill, as a writer, it's very skillful, as you Thank know um I asked this question a lot this is my fifth question it's always kind of a bummer because it's going to be over soon but it's <laughs> question number
1: five I love I the five question format I think it's a great idea oh thanks I mean I could talk to you all day
0: but we do have to we have other lives so we have to get back to it. um I asked this question a lot but it's of people that have um are accomplished that I feel like they're accomplished um but this one is really I could have tailored, tailored it just to you if you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would it be? Because you've done this in a book. Right? I didn't even realize that, but I was to put this down. But um, yes, if you could tell your younger writing self anything or your younger self, even just yourself, anything, what would it be?
1: Hang in there. <laughs> Good one. Hang in there. You know, I I think I intuitively knew that because I did. I did hang in there. Um, You know, The Kennedy Debutante is the sixth novel I wrote. I have five unpublished novels. Um, you know, I had some, I mean, so those were those were five pretty major disappointments. I mean, I I got an agent with one of them. You know, two of them went out on submission and, and never found a home. And, you know, so, and, but, and I, there were other, you know, meaningful successes along the way. I got into graduate school. I, um, you know, I launched a literary journal that got a lot of attention. So it wasn't like I was just... There were breadcrumbs along the way, but they were really breadcrumbs. <laughs> um, and I, I it, it took a long time for me to get to this point. And when Kennedy sold, I was, you know, in my forties and I was getting divorced and um, my writing really couldn't have come through for me at a better time. I mean, we, we're, we've been talking about, you know, the sort of the universe and how it helps us and and delivers things that w- when we need them. You know, I to- I wrote my first unfinished novel in fifth grade. OK, so that was a long time, was like 30 plus years <laughs> um, before a novel that I wrote was going to see publication. But it was totally worth it. Maybe that's the other thing I would say. Hang in there. It'll be worth it. <laughs> that's great advice. And that's very
0: inspiring. Thank you for that. Because, you know, it is. It's, it can be very, in, in the moment, it can be very defeating to be yes. in a creative pursuit. It's just like, oh, I'm, I'm terrible. Everyone says so. You know? Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> we can't, you can't let that stuff in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's great. And then you persevere and you just sort of get, you know, right over the lumps and you get to the end and there you are. And And then you just hopefully you get to keep going for as long as you want. That's the other part. Hang in there. Keep hanging
1: in there. Yes. I'm crossing my fingers. People can't see it, but I've got both my fingers, index fingers crossed over my middle fingers. (laughs) Yeah. So this is this book's out now.
0: So what's up next? What are you doing? What are you working on? Are you going on tour? Where can we see um, you? Yeah,
1: I get to I get to do a couple of events. I'm doing um, two events in the Boston area where I live, and I'm doing one in Chicago where the novel is set, which is really cool. I'm doing that one with my friend Renee Rosen, another historical novelist, and then I'm doing two events in California. One in Southern California at Warwick's Books, the you know nation's oldest independent family-owned bookstore, um, and then another one up in Pleasanton, California. I, I grew up in California, so it's really cool and fun for me to do events out there and see some people I, I don't get to see very often. So, yeah. So, and then, you know, this is, I mean, I, all of these conversations are part of my tour. So hello, and thank you for joining me out there. Yeah. And everyone
0: has to run out and get all you have to do is call and not sing the whole song in your head the whole time you're you're reading it, because that, that is the thing that happens. But it's a great book. Um, you're a, a joy to talk to. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And I hope you come back.
1: I would love that. Thanks so much. Have a good day. You too.